0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org.
1: Wow, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I've been excited to come here for a long time. Jesse, proud of you, just love love you, Jessica, Nicole, good to see you, team here, this is a, Holy Spirit, he, he's here, I sense his presence, <laughs> as praying over you, presence and using each letter of your name, here's who. Uh, I hear you are. Um, you are a people whose praises rout the enemy. Second Chronicles 20. You're, you are releasers of his glory. You are explainers of his goodness. You are supernatural strategists. You have supernatural ideas. You're encouragers of what God is doing. You actually see what God's doing. And you know, when Jesus was born, there was only a few people who knew what was really going on. Wise men, shepherds, Anna, Simeon. They only, they were, nobody else knew what God was doing. In that hour, this this is a house that knows what God's doing. Hmm. You are um, Nehemiah. You, you are Nehemiah leaders. Nehemiah was a man of passion and strategy. He cried when the walls were down, but he didn't stay in a place of emotion. He he moved into a place of mobilizing people. For a great work, this is a place of 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 passion and strategy. Uh, You are courage igniters, and you're Ezekiel prophets. That's what I hear as I prayed over you. Yay! I'm I'm on staff at Bethel Church, Reading. Been there since 2008. And I'll tell a bit of my story today. Um, main assignment is to, to travel, that one of my main assignments, my wife Wendy was just in San Diego this weekend close. She's ministering down there, flying back to Reading today. And I, I work in a part of Bethel called Global Legacy, which is the part where church leaders, especially church leaders who say we want more of what's at Bethel, can can gain get get relationship and It's a network of revival leaders, and so work in there. We have online curriculums that we do, globallegacy.com. If you want um, training in the revival culture and what's going on at Bethel, we got some great things. And uh, we have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. We have a mandate to ignite hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. If something's going to change, somebody has to become unreasonably optimistic. I'll say that again. If something's going to change, somebody has to become unreasonably optimistic. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Can you imagine um, David going after Goliath today? Hey, uh, David, before you go after Goliath, we're just looking on our phones here and and we're reading what the experts are saying. The experts are saying that you're being unreasonably optimistic. (laughs) Ha, ha, And they're saying that um, you should go back to the fields and not get your hopes up so much. And settle for life as it is. Because the experts are saying, actually, what's going to happen is you're going to get killed. Let's laugh at that. (laughs) 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 Hey, Ezekiel, uh, before you prophesy to those dry bones... We want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are, or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're saying that when you speak to the bones, nothing is going to happen. Let's laugh at that, too. <laughs> God loves the partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic, and just we had a good. Time. Who was there last night? Let's see. Yeah, just we had a good time last night, and we'll um we'll share a few things that we shared last night as well, and um let me start with a, a testimony. One of my favorites, and was Levi the year year, yeah. This is one of my favorite testimonies. Jesse interned for me, probably about six years ago, maybe seven. I, I don't know. And just uh, what a what a joy he was. And the, the team that year was so powerful. I got a powerful team this year. I mean, every year it's powerful. And we had we had one uh, intern. His name was Levi. He's from Oregon, and Levi loves to share the gospel with people. But he found that if someone would say they're an atheist, he would move. ...and the non-victorious belief systems... ...and believe his feelings and his past experience... ...that he was ineffective in ministering to atheists. Let's just laugh at that, by the way. (laughs) So Levi decided to believe something different. And one of the greatest revelations we can get... ...is that we can decide to believe something different. That we can think on purpose. So he decided, instead of believing he was ineffective... ...in ministering to atheists... That, it, that if someone would say they're an atheist, it was an exciting moment. And that God always showed up when he was around an atheist. So if, he, if someone would say they're an atheist to him, he'd say this. Oh, really? That's so exciting. <laughs> because God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. How <laughs> I many you know that's probably more God's thinking... Than that he was ineffective in ministering to atheists. All right, so he was in the UK uh, a few years ago, and he saw a group of about ten to fifteen teenagers. And he goes up to them and says something like this: "Hi, I'm from America. I've got some really good news. Jesus Christ loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life." There was a girl who was obviously the leader of the group. She stepped forward and she said, "This. I'm an atheist." Uh, yep, let's laugh at that. <laughs> and Levi says, oh, really? That's so exciting. Because God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking to them for a while. And he asked them, any of you want to feel God? Yeah, that was good. And, and, and they said, yes. So he said this. Put your hands out in front of you like this. And say, "Holy Spirit, come!" Ha, ha 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 ha! Guess what? Holy Spirit did? He came. You give Holy Spirit an inch, he takes a mile. Atheist girls got tears coming down her eyes. She and the whole group prayed to receive Jesus. In their hearts. Another whole group of teenagers got led to the Lord that day in the park. And I talked to a pastor uh, a few months after that. And he said that day in the park rocked their school. All because somebody said, I'm going to believe something different. You know, this meeting is about believing something different. Yeah, I got the revelation years ago. I've been lied to. I've been lied to. Man, I thought my feelings and my past experience were truth. Were truth, and he said, "No, Steve. That's that's not. You don't deny it, but you just can't get, get your beliefs from them. Because if you get your beliefs from that, you're you're stuck." Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? Renewing of your mind. It says, so Stephen, I don't, want, I don't want you renewing your mind with your past or your feelings anymore. I want you to renew your mind with what I'm saying. And that, that's, that's what, what Levi did. He says, I'm going to renew my mind with something higher than what I'm experiencing and feeling. It's called faith. I mean, there's two great truths. I mean, there's a lot of great truths out of Romans 12 too. Two that I really like is, one is whatever you renew your mind with, you'll be transformed too. Current mind renewal creates future experience. So whether it's truth or lies, it's, for instance, if I renew my mind with the truth that I powerfully influence nations... Won't you say that with me? I powerfully influence nations. There's a lot of scriptural support for that. I mean, go into all the world, Matthew 28. So we know that God's never going to command us to do something He doesn't equip us to do. So I, I, I actually come into agreement that I powerfully, if I renew my mind, that I powerfully renew nations. I mean, influence nations. I'll transform my future into powerfully influencing nations. It'll work for everybody. I like to laugh at lies. Let's laugh at this, but it probably won't work for you. Ha ha. Ha ha. If I renew my mind with the truth, I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I renew my mind with that. That's true for me. I'll transform my future into laying hands on the sick, and they will recover. It'll work for everybody. If I renew my mind with the lie that nobody likes me, let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Then I'll transform my future in the relational difficulty and, and a lack of favor that I could have had. So I love that. Current mind renewal creates future experience. The other thing I love about Romans twelve two is that Romans twelve two takes all limits off our lives. Because there's no limit to how much I can renew my mind, so there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. There's no limit to how much I can renew my mind, so there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. Someone say no limits. No limits. Say it again. No limits. Say it louder. No limits. Yeah, just turn to your neighbor and say, I, I think this message is for you. <laughs> Years ago I sensed the Holy Spirit when I was just learning these things in the nineties and I got saved I got saved in the seventies as a hippie, as part of the tail end of the Jesus movement, actually had hair. Volkswagen bus. Yes, hitchhiked all over. Got picked up by all these Christians before I got saved. They had the bumper sticker. In case of rapture, this car will be driverless. <laughs> it was those kind of people. Then I got saved, met Jesus, found out there's no high like the most high. Ha, ha. (laughs) There's no high like the most high. I mean, he's the real deal. He is. And we lived in, you know, Romans 12.1 for the first 15 years of my life. My hippie girlfriend, Wendy, and I, we got married a couple years later after we got saved and lived in Romans 12.1. Love it give our bodies as a living sacrifice. We were in a season, first 15 years of surrendering our hearts, our will to the Lord and hearing what Isaiah heard in Isaiah 6 when he was in the encounter with the Lord and he heard the voice say, who will go for us? Who will, and, and when he said, here we are, send us. Here we are. We lay it all down. Just say, here, here, here I am, send me Lord. And that's powerful. And that's powerful. You know, it's it's foundational for the focus of our ministry on the renewing of the mind. Because if you don't surrender your heart first, if you start surrendering your beliefs, it gets weird. So we say, thank you, Lord, for heart surrender. But I remember my wife, she was crying out to the Lord, thinking her lack of breakthrough was that she hadn't given God her heart enough. And so she's just thinking, you know, I'd have more breakthrough if if I gave God my heart. So she's crying out, Lord... I give you my heart. I give you my heart. And she says, just take my heart. And God interrupts her prayer and says, Wendy, I have your heart. Now I need your mind. I need you to actually surrender what you believe. And I mean, we found this out, that surrendering our beliefs is more challenging than surrendering our heart. Because some of those beliefs don't want to go. They have a, they're called a stronghold, and they have a stronghold. Ha, <laughs> ha. Oh. And we learned last night that any area that doesn't have hope attached to it in our belief system is under the influence of a lie. And so that's, that's the measurement of, of knowing whether we believe lies or truth. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say, in believing. In believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that verse basically says, Now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the moment I believe truth is the moment I'm getting filled by the God of hope. Increased hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is working. Increased hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is working. I'm actually renewing my mind with truth. That's the key. We, we don't renew our mind just by reading the Bible or sitting in church, even though that's healthy. We renew our minds by saying, I'm not believing this anymore. I'm going to believe this. Yeah. Levi said, I'm not believing that I'm... I'm not believing anymore. I'm ineffective with atheists. I'm going to believe it's an exciting moment and God always shows up. That's renewing your mind. I'm not going to believe anymore. My prayers for America are not working. I'm going to believe they are working. You say, well, brother, you know, um, shouldn't we wait until we actually have evidence before we actually start believing? Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Let me just pause for a moment. This, this laughter piece. How many you know God invented laughter? He did. A merry heart is good like medicine. Proverbs 17, 22. We, we read this. Even, even fake laugh. Even fake laugh is beneficial. That's amazing. Why don't we just on the count of three release a fake laugh. One, two, three. ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but laughter is a weapon. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than your feelings and circumstances. That's where you take... Taking thoughts captive is the highest level of spiritual warfare. You want a PhD in spiritual warfare? It's not rebuking the spirit of Jezebel for 30 minutes. Now, I'm not saying there's not a time to go after the demonic, but the greatest, the, the greatest spiritual warfare... Is, is in the mind. It's in our thinking. The greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities. They're belief systems in the minds of Christians. Now that's kind of depressing at first, but then it's exciting. It's empowering for our lives. But it says the weapons, I love it, weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. To the pulling down of strongholds. We pull down bad belief systems. Bad beliefs based on our feelings and past experience. And and there's many weapons. The word of God's a weapon. God's presence is a weapon. You just get in a place like this and, man, old thinking starts crumbling. People got ministry to heal up. People from the past as a weapon. But laughter is a weapon. It's a powerful weapon. Because to laugh, you have to let go of something. I've been married to my wife, Wendy. We just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. Celebrated for about a week, not too far from here. And we love each other. We're best friends. But we still don't always agree with each other. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. And when we're not agreeing, especially when I think she's really wrong, I'm not laughing. Because if I laugh, she'll think things are okay. Things are not okay around here. I'm a victim of you. My joy depends on your behavior. For me to walk in biblical joy in this home, I need you to do what I think you should be doing. (laughs) Uh Ha (laughs) ha. How many know when I finally laugh? (laughs) Ha ha, hoo hoo. How many know I let go of that thing? Frustration, anger, manipulation. You can't hold on to both of those. I mean, all of those and laughter at the same time. And I know we don't laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep. I was a senior pastor for 17 years. Sometimes all you do is cry with people, and sometimes in brave communication, you're not laughing. But, but the body of Christ has been joy deficient. And one of, my, one of my assignments is not only to ignite hope, but also to ignite joy. And one of the ways to do it is through laughter. Laughter. Because laughter helps us let go of some of the absurdity, the absurdity of some of the things we believe. And when you actually are able to start laughing at some of the lies we believe, it's one of the keys to actually start seeing that stronghold get demolished. Most spirits of heaviness, most depression, most discouragement results from believing lies most spirits of heaviness most depression and most discouragement results from believing lies they're not circumstantial they're not physiological they're their belief system so what i want to do is i want to share just a few of the devil's all-time favorite lies and after i do just i'd like you to do an experiment and just laugh okay all right just just try it i know it's the first service and you know, the experts would say that the first service, probably they won't laugh as much because they're not really, <laughs> they're not quite as awake. We laugh, we laugh at that. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's, let's laugh at this lie. God loves you, but he does not like you. <laughs> Here's another one. You are an insignificant person in the body of Christ. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. here's a good one you don't have the right personality uh, to be joyful or to laugh much ha 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 you are not a great influencer (laughs) ha 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 <laughs> and then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies: "Laughter in the church is from the devil." <laughs> 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 My team still laughs. At that one. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> well, the greatest strongholds, blocking the purposes of God in our thinking. I mean, it's really illustrated in the story of Gideon in Judges 6. Dark time in the nation of Israel. The Midianites is another people group. They're oppressing the Israelites. The Israelites are crying out to God, do something. God's answer is always to talk to a person, a man, woman, boy, or girl, and give them an assignment that they don't think they're qualified to do. God's answer is always a person. He partners with people. Ezekiel 37, many of you know the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. If you don't, read it. It's a great story. He, he asks Ezekiel, hey, hey, Ezekiel, got a question for you. Shows him this valley, very dry bones. He says, hey, can these bones live? I, I, I want to know what you think. And Ezekiel gives the safest answer of all time Oh, Lord God, you know. Ha ha. Ha ha. Hey, hey, Steve, can America live? Uh, well, oh, Lord, you know. Ha ha. Ha ha. God didn't even respond to what Ezekiel says, he just says, prophesy to the bones. Tell them they're going to live. Tell them. It's amazing. He didn't say, Ezekiel, step aside. Stand over there and watch me prophesy to the bones. Let's laugh at that. Oh, I'm going to take care of this. No, God has to partner with somebody who has hope. And, and, and he, I mean, it's like, he's really he says, Ezekiel, what do you think? Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. What you think is going to determine what I can do. That's why our hope level determines our influence level. He who's the most hope is the most influence. And so you got a hopeless guy in Judges 6. His name's Gideon. Hopeless. He's, um, he's His goal is not to lose anything else. He's hiding in a wine press with wheat, hoping and threshing it and hoping he doesn't lose anything more in his life. How I many know that's not a high goal? But I've been there. Some of you are there today. You go, I just don't want to move backwards anymore in my life. If I can just stay here and not move backwards, that will be success. Ha uh-huh. ha. And it's something, you know, Gideon had no idea what his future was. You know, he's just, I'm trying to survive. Then he had an encounter. Say, encounter. Encounter. Angel comes to him, angel speaks to him. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, Say, "He he said, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Why don't you say to your neighbor, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Part, I love what Gideon says. Pardon me, my Lord. He must have been from Texas, have good manners. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Haha.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us. Let's laugh at that. And given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Turn your neighbor and say, go in the strength you have. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? (laughs) My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Let's just laugh at that, too. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. The Lord answered, I will be with you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, The Lord will be with you. you. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And and then it goes on. The story for the next few chapters is so powerful. He ended up, he had negative church growth from 30,000 people down to 300. (laughs) And he still believed. He, he didn't need, he didn't need, you don't need a lot of people if you got a big word. Mm-hmm. Let's laugh at this. A church this size cannot change the world. Ha, 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 ha. Someone say No limits. I love this story. It was one of my favorites because I can relate to Gideon. Man, I got, still got a lot of Gideon in me. Parts of me that just doesn't think can rise up. Parts of me that just, wow, if I can just survive. Ha, ha, ha. Ha. I mean, it was a ridiculous word. By the way, it was ridiculous because it... It absolutely went against the stronghold in his mind, of his feelings and his past experience. By the way, the most important words you and I need to hear will sound ridiculous when we first hear them. Sound ridiculous. Sometimes we'll release a word. You know, this is a prophetic ministry. Those of you who have been a part of it for a while, you understand, you know, giving words and... And, and just you becoming the angel in people's lives. You speak the word like the angel spoke to Gideon. That's what prophecy is. And, um, you know, sometimes when we release a word, we'll ask, hey, uh, does this word make sense to you? You know, if the angel would have said, hey, uh, Gideon, does this word, mighty warrior, make sense to you? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. Gideon would have said no. Let's laugh at this light. If a word that you receive doesn't make sense, it means it's not from God. Haha, ha. Some of us, you know, I just, you know what I'm hearing? Some of you are going to start prophesying higher things. If we're only prophesying things that make sense, we're not prophesying high enough. Someone's got to prophesy something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. You should be more realistic about Gideon. You know, if I would have been Gideon's friend, and let's say Jesse and I, we would have been Gideon's friend in the wine press and heard the angel talk to Gideon, I would have turned to Jesse. Hey, Jesse, uh, that angel, he just gave bad word. <laughs> he gave bad word, I mean... Man, you know, he must—he must not really know Gideon, because I mean, we—we we know Gideon. We, I mean, <laughs> we've, been fri- we, we, we've been friends for years. Gideon has so many issues. His issues have issues. I mean, he, there's just no way that word could be right. I mean, that, that guy—he's—he's—he's got—he's got so many problems. He's got bitterness at God. He says God's abandoned us. He's just angry at God. You know, anybody, Jesse, you and I know this. Anybody who ever gets bitter at God is permanently put on the shelf. They, 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 they are never, they, they're disqualified. Ha, 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 ha. And he's always, he's talking about his family. He's always saying if he was born in a better family. He could really do something, you know. He just says he's a victim of a bad family, and he's stuck, and all he can hope for is just, you know, just barely getting by, you know. We know this. God would, we agree with him. God would never use anybody from a poor family to do great things. ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. And he's got this fear issue. He's in here hiding. He's got a spirit of fear on him. We know, we know, we know this, Jesse, because yeah, I mean, we God. Anybody who battles fear in a great way, they're obviously never going to be used by God to do great things. Ha ha. Ha ha. And he's 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 got the bad theology about the you know supernatural. He says there's no more miracles. He says, the miracle ceased with Moses and the Pentateuch. We know God would never use anybody who doesn't have perfect theology. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Sometimes a word's released over somebody that we know. Yep, oh, they missed it because we know that person. Yep, we know them. They missed it. They can't always get it right. Ha-ha. You know what's fascinating about strongholds? Whatever our stronghold is, we are constantly looking for evidence to confirm what we already believe is true. That's the nature of a stronghold. The stronghold is constantly looking for proof of what it already believes. If I have a stronghold, I'm the rejected one. I'm constantly looking for proof that I'm rejected. I'm dishonored. I got a stronghold. I'm the dishonored one. Yeah, I'm looking. That's because we won't even see. When, when we're accepted or honored. Because we're not looking for it. Our stronghold doesn't look for it. If we have a stronghold that joy is not a, it's not a priority in the kingdom, we won't even notice the joy verses in the Bible. Because we're not looking for them. But we'll, we'll look at all the... We'll, all we'll see is the verses. God's angry with you. That's all we'll see. If we got a stronghold. America's going down the tubes. If that's our, if that's our belief system, that's all we'll see. It's always evidence to confirm what we already think. And Gideon at us, he had a lot of strongholds. Man. But, but what happened was, was that the the angels' purpose, the purpose of prophetic ministry, is to change how we think. It's not just to give us Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit goosebumps. It's actually a change how we think, especially how we think about ourselves. How we think about our future. Because the future of the nation of Israel was locked up in the thinking in Gideon's mind. The future of the nation of Israel was locked up in the thinking in Gideon's mind. Once he thought differently, the nation got saved. Someone go, hmm, hmm, hmm. Years ago, the Lord said, Steve, who do you think you are? I said, I'm poor, joy-impaired, disorganized, always lose my keys. <laughs> and every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. He said, how come you say every time... Um, you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil. Well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil, is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. <laughs> That's why I say it. He said it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because you've created a theology out of your experience. So how come you don't talk more? How come you talk more about the attack of the devil than my protection? (laughs) Well, Lord, the reason I talk more about the attack of the devil than your protection is because in that spiritual warfare book I read, they didn't talk much about your protection. But they talked a lot about attack. It's amazing when you start actually believing you're a protected person who's just having an attacked experience. Let the weak say, what, I am weak? Oh, wow. Wow. I'm a strong person having a weak experience. I'm an organized person having a disorganized experience. I'm in a revival city having a non-revival experience. I've got a powerful healing anointing having a non-powerful healing anointing experience. But I I, I get my beliefs out of what he's saying, not out of my past experience. I don't deny the past. I just can't get my beliefs out of them. Because if I do, I'm stuck. That's the stronghold. The greatest strongholds. That are blocking the purposes of God, I believe, are Christians who, are, who create their beliefs from the past rather than what he's saying. And you know what, I, what I'm seeing this morning? I'm seeing Holy Spirit supernaturally touching people's minds. I'm seeing in this meeting this morning that grace is actually being released into your thinking. And, and, and like Gideon, he got a seed planted. He heard something. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. So we've got to hear something higher than what we're experiencing and feeling. We've got to hear it. It's called prophecy. It's called faith. We've got to hear it. You, that's why this is such a great church, because you're in here. We're all in here. We've got our strongholds. You know, they're trying to say, this is really true. And then you start hearing something higher. You start hearing you got what it takes. You start hearing that, that, that you're important in what God's doing. You start hearing your prayers are working. You start hearing that God's raising you up for something bigger than you know. You hear something higher. At first, the stronghold says, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. These people from Bethel church are always overestimating everybody. <laughs> always overestimating everybody they see. No. That's it. You know, Gideon, it's just the first word. It, it seemed like it bounced off him. Boom. Mighty warrior. Bang! But it didn't. Some of you, you're, you're saying, well, I'm not going to get my hopes up. Got to protect myself from disappointment again, so I'm not going to get my hopes up. Ha ha. No, it's, it's too late. It's too late. You're in this meeting. And, you know, like Gideon, it just, poop it, it didn't. It seemed like it bounced off, but actually it got in there. And, and the seed... Whoop, got, got, in, got in the stronghold. Once that seed gets in the stronghold. Whew, you stay in an environment like this. It gets watered. Starts to grow and <laughs> crumble, crumble. It, you actually, you start getting some hope. Hey, Gideon, he got some hope. He said, Man, it, it, it could be me. It could be me. Just say, it could be me. He just said, he started he started entertaining something that he hadn't entertained before. It was too scary to entertain it. And then whew, it got bigger, and then he got some supernatural phenomenon fleece. You read the story, here's dreams of Midianites, and then pow, the stronghold got demolished. And this, there's nobody in the room today by accident. I don't care if this is your first time or if you've been here since the beginning. There's nobody here by accident. The Holy Spirit brought you here today. Because he believes in you more than you believe in yourself. He's got plans for you bigger than you know. You've been lied to. He's a liar. That's the only power that the devil has is his mouth. Been disarmed and defeated. He has no arms and no feet. All he's got is his mouth. Lie, lie, lie. Accuser of the brethren. You're not going to make it. Something uniquely wrong with you. You are a failure. Things are only going to get worse in your life. Don't get your hopes up. It's not going to work for you. Let's laugh at all those. Thank you, Lord, just for what you're doing. Thank you for just each person. Thank you for a supernatural seed. Some's already, some already got the seed, and today is a massive day of Watering. Others of you, this is a, something just boom got in there. I'll tell you this I believe you'll never be the same again. If you receive this word today, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me this morning. It was supernatural, it's going to bear much fruit, it's going to influence the nations. I am who God says I am. am. I'm not who my past says I am. My My best days are ahead. ahead. I've got a nation-changing anointing. anointing. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Yes, Lord. Wow. I like this place. I got a team. They're going to help close today. Team, won't you come on up? Yeah. Uh, for the sake of time, I'll introduce you. This is this is Megan. She uh, interned many years ago. She works with me, Igniting Hope Ministries. If you want to find out more about us, we got ignitinghope.com. We got a sign-up list on. The back table, I do a 60-second Hope video injection every day on Igniting Hope Facebook and Igniting Hope Instagram. Megan's uh, the brains behind so much of what we do. And then we got uh, we got Toby, Grace, and Gundala. They're second-year students, third-year students who are, yeah, thank you, um, who are part of my team doing a great job. Toby and Gundala are from Germany, and then Grace in the middle is from L.A., So I asked. They've got an assignment, each of them. So this is exciting. You guys ready? You going to start us off, Megan? Megan?
3: Hello, everyone. So nice to be here. (laughs) My assignment was to give a word for Jesse. Yes. It's going to be a little shorter for disservice, but um, okay. (laughs) Jesse, you are a a, an immovable general who stays on the mission and doesn't steer away. Like Winston Churchill in the face of war, against all odds, like King David, you have the faith to see victory and leads other into victory. So I just bless you with that, Jesse. (laughs)
4: i have a word for jessica she's not in this service so i'll just share briefly um jessica is a real forerunner um she is uh, an example of how to combine healthy family and ministry and she sets great landmarks and she um yeah leads people into like breaking with old patterns of thinking yes and i'll share, share more in the other service and I um, also just have... um, I got a word, and I just wanted to ask, is there anyone in here from Illinois? By any chance? Illinois? The state? Illinois? Illinois? No? Or From... Okay. Well, yeah. I got Illinois and a red bike. So if that means anything to you or... You can come see me later. Maybe it's for someone in a second service. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: And hello. Um, My assignment was to give a word over Presence OC. And so I'm going to take a little longer in this service to kind of share the whole thing. Um, But I heard that you guys are spiritual and leadership incubator. That this is like a spiritual and leadership incubator. And so the Lord kind of prompted me to, like, look up, what does an incubator mean? Um, so the definition that I saw was um, it's a chamber used to provide a controlled environment for the protection and development of those inside. And the Lord was showing me a picture of kind of this bubble over, um, over this house. And he was showing me that... Um, It's like the perfect conditions and environment needed to thrive and for spirits to grow massively in and out of season. And I see it's creating exponential growth and also like almost the opposite of a magnet. It's actively pushing away other cultures. Like I see that this is creating such a a presence-filled culture that it's, a, it's opposing cultures you might have grown up with, like cultures of comparison, of orphan thinking, cultures of victim mindsets, cultures of depression. Um, God's pushing those away, and instead he's growing you massively in your heavenly identity, in that presence. And the same way that the best fruit grows from the grayest soil, I see that massive fruit is going to come out of this house um, that's going to have worldwide and national impact. And the second definition of an incubator um, that I felt was also timely for you guys is that it's a place that aids in the development of new business ventures. Um, And I felt like the Lord was going to release business solutions and entrepreneurs from this house, um, and that it's going to answer problems and provide solutions um, for things that people are facing worldwide, not just in this region. And so if you receive that, I just want you to just stand with me and just receive that word in your spirit. If you're here at all today, this is for you. Yeah, Father, I just bless Presence OC. God, I thank you that they are an incubator of the world's greatest leaders. God, that you are putting in them the ability to thrive in and out of season. And that they are positioned right now to bear so much fruit. Thank you, God. Yeah, I bless Yeah, I bless this place to continue to cultivate the perfect environment for spirits to thrive. And just even put your hand on your heart. I bless you with personal revival. I bless you with personal, exponential spiritual growth in a short period of time. I bless you with acceleration in this season. And I declare over you that you are people of of, um, Psalm 27. That one thing you ask of the Lord, that you would dwell in his house all the days of your life, that you would behold the beauty of the Lord, and that you would inquire in his temple, that you are people of a singular focus of the presence. Yeah, and I bless you with that in Jesus' name.
0: Wow, come on. When When I walked into this room this morning for the first time in my life, oh man, even, you know, had this feeling that continued during worship i was i was up here and i was just crying and and i was just so deeply touched by the by the affection of the lord in this place and by his delight for you and and i wanted to share a word this morning for everybody in this church that is a that is a leader that maybe you lead a home group maybe you lead the children the youth something like that if that if you're a part of that group would you stand for me just for a moment Come on. Come on. I just had a word for you guys and what I <clears throat> what I was hearing the Lord say is that he's giving you mountaintop experiences. And and what he meant or what I feel like what he was saying is that you you know you know that feeling when you climb a climb up a mountain for a couple hours and then at some point you actually make it to the top and then from the from the mountain top you get a panorama view of everything that is around you and you see a lot more than on the way up because on the way up you look a lot at what is ahead of you but when you're up there you look a lot around and you you see a lot more than you saw before and i felt like god is giving the has given you this great perspective of a mountaintop to the people to see the people and to view what he's doing within the people that are around you in your in your like whatever department or whatever group you're leading all these people, you can see them with a greater perspective. And I just, I just uh, this morning I was out running and I saw on the sidewalk, I saw a trace of um, like a shoe on the sidewalk because somebody must have been walking on the sidewalk because, before the concrete was actually hard. And I felt like that, just to encourage you this morning, whoever you're impacting in your community, in your surroundings, you leave a trace in that person's life. You leave a trace in that person's life. And, and, I, and I'm feeling, even as I'm speaking right now, that God is going to He's gonna speak to you tangibly. I feel like God's going to, like, you, you'll feel tingling in your hands. And it's just a sign that there's power inside of you that needs to be released. So I want to encourage you to lay hands on the people around you, to not be afraid, but to actually give out the gift that God has given you. And to use those mountaintop experiences to see the people around you prophetically and for them to step into their destinies. Because when you lay hands on people, calls, specific calls of the Lord are being released into that person's life. You're important and you leave a trace in the people's lives around you. You make an impact and you're significant. You are. I bless you guys. Thank you, Father. For these leaders in this church and we bless them father we thank you for your heart for them god and we just pray for mountaintop experiences that you would bless their hearts and bless their perspectives that they would leave a trace of revival and of fire and of hunger in the people around them i bless you guys in the name of jesus thank you so much for all that you do jesus name you guys receive that before I
1: turn it over to your great leader, just a couple quick things. We, I've got a book here called The Culture of Empowerment, How to Champion People. takes uh, Bill Johnson's quote from Bethel Church. My goal is not to build a big church but to build big people, which is what this is, th- this is, what this is about. Um, the lady in the blue glasses, can I throw it to you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear this over you. You're an influencer of influencers. And the Lord, you're already 11 in so many... Positive 11 in so many environments, but there's increase. And you're, you're a culture shifter. You're a culture shifter. And the Lord's going to open doors into cultures that's going to astound you. And your voice is going to shift from controlling leadership to empowering leadership. That's what's going to happen there. And then we're starting on February 14th. And Megan, she's... If you have any questions on that, she's the... Um, the brains behind this. It's a 40 day negativity fast, positivity feast. Starting February 14th, 40 days. Using this book, Igniting Faith in Forty Days. We've done this for three, four, five years now. Thousands of people do it from around the world. It's an online event, uh using this book many years ago as fasting food. It's in a season of food fast, the Lord said, Steve, your food fasts aren't doing much good I said, thank you, Lord. He said, I love your heart to separate yourself to me, but I give you a suggestion. Why don't you fast negativity and feast on truth? Go after what you believe and watch what happens. It's a 40-day mini Renewing the Mind school. So I want to give this to you, hungry one, I mean catalytic, loving one. What's your name? Becky. Becky, thank you for loving so well. Thank you for me. You, you made me feel so welcome today, and thank you just for you're an, important, yeah, you're an important part of what the Lord's doing here. Thank you. Thank you. And there's other great books back there. This book that's there, uh, uh, let's just laugh at that. If you want to get one book that will just blow up bad beliefs and have fun while you're blowing up bad beliefs, I recommend that. We've got other books like Let's Just Laugh at That for Kids. I don't know if we have any left, but all of these are on our website, Igniting Hope or Amazon or Kindle. If you want the Renewing of the Mind joy-filled material, it's there for you. And we bless this house as a father from Bethel Church. We're proud of this house. Thank you for holding up the flag of God is good, the culture of honor, and the culture of faith and risk the culture of valuing his presence, the, the culture of generosity, of releasing the supernatural, the culture of family. Thank you. We need you from Bethel. We need you. And you guys have a unique thing on you that we need. And I am so blessed and our team is so blessed to be able to receive that from you. Thank you, great leaders. And we're, we're behind you. We're cheering you on.
2: Yay. Give God thanks. Amen. Come on, that's awesome. Amen. Come on, can we get one more shout just to honor Steve and his team down here? Come on. You. I love that word that uh, that was just declared over over this place. That we're we're an incubator of leaders. So you may not consider yourself a leader, but if you're influencing one person, you're a leader. So. It's a call to raise your beliefs that you are leading people, and this is, this house will create great leaders, because we're going to look at each other and see what he sees over each other. So, amen. Um, why don't you guys stand with me? I'm going to close. Um, uh, I'm going to pray over for, for a sec, and then um, we've got the uh, a couple buckets up here. If you want to sow into what Steve and his team are doing, I really encourage you. It's an incredible place to, uh, to, to really just give. and. And be generous with. And and, um, I just love blessing, uh, you know, great men and women of God. Um, If you want to give on Presence OC, you just give uh, 84321 and just text, uh, say, speaker. And then put the number amount. So, yeah. Father, we thank you for uh, just the words spoken, the prophetic words over our team, over our crew, over our family. And I just thank you, God, that, that your word is spoken into each person's heart. I pray that everything that went in, Father, is rooted in ground and beautiful soil, that it's just going to create an incredible crop of just beliefs of joy, of hope. So, Father, we just say thank you, God. And we just say, and all, and all God's people said? Amen. 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 Awesome. Hey, if we could um, our prayer team, come on up. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. Um, and uh, we'd love to pray for you. Um, Beyond that, we'll have a great week, and we'll see you next week with uh, Stephanie Gretzinger, who's going to be here.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.